Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Thursday, August 26th. Today on the show, Stephen Godfrey joins us to explain why the Alliance is complete nonsense. Justin Mello of Broadway Sports Media and the Music City Audible podcast talks all things Titans rookies and new faces as we head into the final preseason game. But we begin with some huge news for Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers. We, of course, are brought to you by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. They are Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. They've been in business for over 10 years, and they're awesome. Go to the website, buildkg.com. Would I tell you to go someplace that sucked? Of course not. Go to the website, buildkg.com, and remember the name, the Kingston Group. Let's get to a couple of quick pieces of news on the show before we get into talking Titans with Justin Mello or SEC football with Stephen Godfrey. In the recruiting world, the number four player in the country, according to 24-7 Sports, Emony Bates, out of... Out of Yipsy Prep Academy in Ypsilanti, Michigan, a small forward who is 6'8", 200 pounds, and is the best player in the country at his position, has committed to Penny Hardaway and the Memphis Tigers. He chose Memphis over Michigan State, the defending national champs Baylor, DePaul, and Florida State. He recently reclassified to the 2021 class and, and was tempted to go to the NBA G League to start his professional career early. His addition gives Penny Hardaway the number one recruiting class in the country for 2021 as Bates will be on the floor coming up this fall. The 6'8", 200-pound small forward can do a little bit of everything and wants to try his hand at playing point guard. Certainly at that size, he will probably remind you of the guy who's coaching on the sideline. It should be one hell of a team to watch out there in Memphis every single time they're on the floor. Additionally, the Titans placed Harold Landry on the COVID-19 reserve list. He was out at practice on Monday and then not on Tuesday. There were a few other players that we have yet to hear about that were at practice on Monday and then not on Tuesday. Kendall Lamb, Josh Reynolds, and a few others. One of the names that was like that, Jeremy McNichols, has already been placed on the COVID list, along with a couple of other players. Reports indicate that none of the Titans players who were out to dinner with Ryan Suckup, former kicker for the Bucks last week, who did test positive for COVID, apparently everyone who was with him has tested negative, and so that's a piece of good news. But this could continue to trickle out day after day after day as, as we continue to learn more and more about the Titans locker room situation. With the Titans off on Wednesday, I thought we'd catch up with Justin Mello of the Music City Audible podcast from Broadway Sports Media, right here, of course, on the 440 Sports Network. And I wanted to get his thoughts on a number of things. His biggest concern for the offense, what's going on in the AFC South, how big a disappointment it would be if the Titans didn't win the division. But really, I just wanted to get his analytical perspective and his football perspective on how all of the new rookies, the new faces, the free agents, the new pieces, and even some of the guys who were drafted last year but didn't play a whole lot, how all these pieces are fitting together on the defensive side of the ball for the Titans. Yeah, I think when you look at a couple of the young players that are expected to uh, ex see an expanded role this coming year, you look on the defensive line, you look at a year two UDFA and TR Tart. 
who by all accounts, uh, all intended purposes has had a terrific off season. And, and Mike Vrabel himself said he, he looks like a different guy from a year ago. You look at Laurel Murchison, who I kind of like what you said about Fulton there. Murchison's a bit of a rookie too, right? Didn't play a whole lot of football uh, a year ago as a rookie fifth round pick. He's come in and had a really good summer, spent the off season uh, with Chuck Smith, known as Dr. Rush, one of the best pass rushing coaches in all of football. I had a chance to catch up with uh, Laurel and Dr. Rush and talk about the work they did together. And for, again, by all intents and purposes, he sounds like he's taking a big step forward. You mentioned Christian Fulton, uh, a guy that's going to probably be starting this year on the outside or at the nickel, depending on Caleb Farley's availability. But again, that's a guy who looks great. And you've seen it in the games, right? You haven't seen as much from Murchison and Tart, but uh, but uh, Fulton's got into these two preseason games and played some really good man coverage. So you really like what you're seeing from some of these young defenders right now. What is your biggest concern about the offense? Uh, truthfully, I don't know that I have a huge one. I'll be honest with you now. If for the sake of saying something, I'll, you could poke at a couple of things. They haven't had the whole group out there together for a single day yet. Uh, being, you know, the Ryan Tannehills, the A.J. Browns, Julio Jones, Derrick Henry, most of those guys have been very limited, uh, more so on the Henry Brown and, and, and Julio side of things. Uh, so you wonder, is that going to hurt them? Now, I expect that to change. And I think as we inch closer to that regular season opener against the Cardinals, you'll start to see that group spend more time together. Vrabel knows exactly what he's doing here. But I would point to that potentially being a concern. Uh, the right tackle situation, Kendall Lamb is probably going to start at right tackle. He's a bit of an unknown, especially being a new player uh, here in Tennessee. And then how the tight end rotation works out with the loss of Johnny Smith, a guy that can both run block and cast catch passes. I don't know that they have that dual threat kind of guy now uh, like they had in Johnny. So those are some of the things that come to mind for me. AFC South, you know, <laughs> Colts are dealing with their thing. You know, the Houston Texans are what they are. Herbs is herbs down in Jacksonville. I know the Colts and the Titans tied last year, essentially. And, and people forget that very quickly. But how disappointing would it be if the Titans did not win the division? It would be a massive disappointment. A massive, I mean, that, that, and that's the understatement of the century potentially right there because, and I like what you said, the Colts won 11 games last year, just like the Titans did. And we do seem to forget that, especially in Tennessee. I think that's something that maybe the Colts don't get enough credit for. But is there another division right now uh, in the league that's as much of a dumpster fighter as the AFC South is? I mean, I think the clear answer is no. Everything going on in Indianapolis with the foot injuries, the three, I think the Forrest Buckner's had something as well, in addition to Carson Wentz and, and Quentin Nelson. Tuesday, we just found out that Travis Etienne is out for the season. I mean, what a blow that is. You picked him at 25th overall, due in part to the chemistry that he obviously has with Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, you know, they're going to miss him so much. Lawrence is obviously going to miss him, being that he's the weapon he's most familiar with. And you look at whatever the heck is going on in Houston. I mean, I don't even know how you begin the quantity what's going on down there with Jack Easter being obviously the Deshaun Watson situation being ongoing. I mean, this division, if the Titans were not even as good as they should be, they should win the division. So knowing what they did on defense and then to bring in a guy like Julio Jones, if they don't run away with the division, it's definitely a disappointment. Justin, always a pleasure, my friend. What can people hear on the Music City Audible this week? Yeah, we're coming up with Graver uh, at Titans Film Room on Thursday. We're going to be talking about the quarterbacks. Uh, we've been doing weekly positional breakdowns. We just did wide receivers a week ago, uh, but we'll be breaking down the quarterbacks this week. It's our final positional breakdown uh, on purpose, of course, as we get ready uh, to get into the regular season and start previewing these games uh, one week at a time. Logan Woodsider, Matt Barkley, tune into the Music City Audible <laughs> to find out if, if the zombie apocalypse 
Logan Woodside can add another corpse to his resume. We shall see. Uh, Justin, always a pleasure, my friend. Check out Music City Audible, and uh, we, we appreciate it, bud. Pleasure is all mine, Braden. Thanks for having me. So you're an SEC football fan, and you see that the alliance between the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the ACC is a thing. Well, we spent a lot of time on the Fringe Element podcast this week, myself and Stephen Godfrey, trying to explain to people, especially SEC fans, why they don't need to care and why it's maybe not even a real thing that's going to happen. This is all about TV and trying to slow down ESPN's control over the playoff, expanding, and making as much money as possible for their conferences. That's all. Now, as it pertains to scheduling, Stephen Godfrey, of course the always opinionated, had plenty to say about what he thinks the scheduling alliance will actually accomplish. We speak about strength of schedule in orders of magnitude. And, and what I mean by that is that it's interpreted differently depending on what part of the country you're in or who you're speaking on behalf of or who you're a fan of. This, this goes back all the way to the you should have nine conference games in the SEC, not eight, and then people inside the league. And when I'm saying people, I'm not saying fans. I'm saying coaches right. and the people who actually build these rosters are saying, I don't think you understand how brutal that would be. Now, we saw it last year in an extremely isolated situation. I don't know if we'll necessarily see it again. I, I, I kind of lean towards it not happening. But the reason I bring up strength of schedule is this. There's not going to be a scheduling alliance. It's not going to happen. It's not feasibly possible. And this is the quick example I'll give you. We can move on. In the SEC, these programs are attuned to and accustomed to the brutality. This is my defense of SOCON Saturday when it happens in November. If you're an ACC program right now, and I'm going to give you the top and the bottom real fast. If you're Clemson, you're already scheduling Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, teams like that in the in the Chick-fil-A kickoff, right? You you want to be opposite of the SEC because spiritually you are an SEC program. At the end of the year, Braden, you're already playing South Carolina. So you're not interested in dropping even more P5 into your schedule. I'm just telling you, it's not going to happen. Braden, what if you're Georgia Tech? What if you're Georgia Tech? Okay, Wake, you already for, Wake Forest. Boston you open College. the year you open the year against Clemson and you close it against Georgia most seasons. Oh, so now I got to play Michigan and then maybe like a good Cal defense instead of just getting healthy against Northern Illinois. That's not going to happen. It's not the, the individual ADs and presidents are not going to let that happen. That was the always opinionated Stephen Godfrey. Please go check out fringe element. We spent 40 minutes talking about coordinators and head coaches and the tension in the sec between the two of them and how many different schools around this league their success or failures tied directly to how their coordinators and head coaches work together. And of course we covered the Alliance. So go check out fringe element podcast. Stephen Godfrey now going to be on that show every single week with myself and Aaron Dugan fringe element podcast, everywhere podcasts are found. The 440 is brought to you every single morning for free by the wonderful people at the Kingston group, BuildKG.com, Nashville's locally owned award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. When you have a major decision coming on your house, a major remodel, a renovation, an addition, a new wing. I don't know how many people have new wings, but whatever. If you need a new wing, the Kingston Group is your only choice. BuildKG.com. Go check out the website. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Share the show. Just tell one person. That is all that we ask. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter, at Braden Gall. This has been the 440 for Thursday, August 26th. 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.